We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we do have some super chats here, Vince, I want to get to. And uh, some of them are, uh, you know, very, we appreciate those, all of them very, very much. But let's get back up to those here, Vince. We have one from Joe Papiti. Uh, Joe says, great dominating win. This is the team we've been waiting for all year. The Freeman mindset is finally sinking in. I can't only imagine what this team will be with a legit QB bring on USC. I mean, we have seen, here's what you have to be careful of as a fan. When your team has a great performance and you just automatically assume this is, we've arrived, you know, this is who we are. I think the reason there's so much more confidence about this game, Vince, is twofold. And I want to tell, I'm going to say this on what you tell me if you agree or disagree or nuance it, whatever you want to do with it. Okay. It's that we have, we have been building to this because we did see it against Carolina to a degree. They just didn't finish. We saw it against BYU to a degree. They just didn't finish. Then we saw it against UNLV to a degree. They just didn't finish. And then we saw it against Clemson. And then we're against Navy. We're back to where it was. You show the flashes of the dominance, but then you couldn't finish. And I think coming out in this game, and I wrote about this in my in my key takeaways for the offense, was the way the offense came out and just buried, Nate, buried BC – was important to me to see because it told me that they're like, they didn't let that funk from the second half of last week get to them. And if anything, if you watch the offensive line play, it's almost, they, I even said this to somebody tonight. So it looked to me like they were playing, like they were really ticked off about how the run game worked last week. Yeah. Like they yeah. were mad and they were going to take yeah. it out on BC. Cause they were b- destroying mean, BC's up, got some good sized physical kids. They were blowing them off the ball. I mean, just completely blowing collapsing. them off the ball. I yeah. mean, just, like they, I mean, Vince, just like you said, collapsing sides of the line. Mm-hmm. We haven't really seen that this year, you know. And you know that's kind of that's kind of the you know that's kind of the thing that you you like to see is like they responded with that attitude, that that mindset of hey, we're a little ticked off, you know, and and we don't we don't want to we're not going to let that happen again. And then to come out in the second half, you finally get the ball after they had two possessions because of the fun, the muffed punt. 
in your first drive, you just run it right down their throat and put it in the end zone and say, ball game, right? And it's like, okay, yeah, they've taken that step. So to me, what I what has I think has so many people excited about it is it's not like the 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 oh they finally arrived in a week in game eleven. It's that we've been building to this and we've now finally seen it enough to where you say, Okay, yeah, this is who they are. They just gotta clean up some other stuff. That was my that was one of my big takeaways yeah. from it. That Joe and, and I think that's you know along the lines of what Joe's thinking as well. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, and I think, you know, not only is the, the, the Freeman mindset finally sinking in, I think the Freeman as a head coach is starting to sink in. You know what I mean? And and I'm talking from Freeman's standpoint. I think he's finally feeling confident and on steady ground with where he is. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not going to continue to evolve and get better as, as time goes on and all of that. But I think we're finally seeing a consistent head coach of this team. And I think that's huge because the team is only going to be as good as their leader. And they're going to follow their leader, Okay. And you're starting to see that his his attitude is now permeating through the team. They are following his leadership because I think he is now a leader he, of the entire program. The great job as a defensive coordinator when you're a leader of half the team. Great job. That's not being a head coach. There's a lot more that goes into that. And so I think we're finally seeing him be comfortable in his own head coaching skin. And I think that's huge. I think that's absolutely huge. And people don't, I think, give that enough credit if I'm being honest. Uh, so that that's exciting for me to see. And I think we definitely saw that in this game because against Navy, they started out fast. They did great. They were ready to play that game. And then they obviously took a step back in the second half. They were ready to play this game against BC. They, they dominated the first half. And like you said, as soon as they got the ball offensively, man, they, they put no doubt like, Hey, <laughs> interception, give the ball back to our offense. Offense goes down and scores. In one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight plays, boom, 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 boom. Just in case you thought you might be coming back, that's not happening. So I, I, it was just, 
it was good to see from a foundational program standpoint, this team is is rising. They, they are where they need to be at this point. Let's see if they can continue doing it. Next super chat is from Brand. Actually, no, I want to get to this question here from DC Irish. This is the one I wanted to talk about. I uh, wonder yes. why they didn't play Angeli at all in the second half. So I was told this summer and, and by a couple people, and I should have done more work on it to find out for sure, that uh, that bowl games, because of the transfer rule, that the bowl games now were not going to count as one of the four. And I don't think they should, uh, especially since so many kids are now transferring out and going to the portal before the bowl games. So many kids are opting out that you shouldn't count it as one of the four. But it does still count as one of the four. So Steve Angeli's played in two games so far. He played against UNLV and he played against Syracuse. Yep. yep. And so if he would have played Saturday, and let's say something happened to Drew Pine against USC, and they had to go to Steve Angeli against USC, and Drew Pine's out. If you look at the bowl game, they have one of two options: play Angeli and burn his red shirt and try to get it back next year, or right, right. you play Ron Paulus the third. And I don't think they wanted to put him in that situation. Yeah. So, because he's the backup quarterback. If something happens to Drew Pine, they've got to go with him. It's not ideal, but that's why they are, because they did force him into the game against Syracuse. Right. This is this is where they are, where they are. Right. And I think that was a decision I, I didn't quite understand. I mean, I you know, Coach Freeman made a choice. He made a call, and, you know, it yeah. is what it is. But that's why they weren't able to play him. Right. And, and you know, something – if something happened to Drew Pine in this game, of course, Steve Angeli is coming in. But sure. it got to the point in that game where they only had, what, three possessions in the entire second half anyway? Yeah. Well, they weren't right? going to play him if they had seven possessions. No, no, no. I know. But, yeah. like, it, the way it even worked it out, easier. like, you know, we got three possessions. It's not even worth, you know, it's a snowstorm. You're handing off anyway. You're not going to gain anything. We want to hold his, his red shirt. Nothing happened to Drew. He could go in and hand off. During right. this, these last couple possessions, there it is. And now you've got him. Now you've got you're guaranteeing him a red shirt for this year. And who knows, man? None of us have a crystal ball, but that may be important down the road. You don't know. Maybe mm-hmm. we'll see. So if you can do it, you want to make sure that you have that opportunity. Yep. Here we go. Next one from Brandon. Brandon, this is big, man. I really, really, really appreciate this very much. Awesome. This is awesome. Uh, Brandon says, I listen a lot and don't contribute enough for time spent listening, making up for it. And I appreciate that very, very much. <laughs> listening to Ben Ben Morrison's post game, he reminds me of Tebow with his words, his personality. Is he known to be a vocal leader? Uh, he could help lead a, a great backfield in the future and be a good example on and off the field. Nice. So from what I've been told, and again, thank you for the super chat, uh, Brandon. What I've been told is Benjamin's kind of a quiet kid, not shy, but just quiet. He doesn't have the Tebow personality from the standpoint of Tebow was an intense dude, a very, very intense dude. Benjamin's more of a, you know, he'll talk trash, but it's kind of like, you know, low key. And he's from what I've been told, he's a pretty quiet kid. I think leadership comes in form different forms as we, as you know, Brandon, and as we've talked about in this show, some guys are leaders because they're in your face. They're the rah-rahs. That's the Tim Tebow's, the Manti Teo's, you know, guys like that. Other guys are more vocal leaders by just how they go back their work every day. The Quentin Nelsons, the Zach Martins, you know, who are not going to constantly get in face guys face, talk a lot of trash, be the look at me, look at me. And there's nothing wrong with being the look at me guy. I mean, somebody has to be that face of your program. I mean, you, there's a need for that type of thing. I'm not talking like a selfish T.O. type of thing, you know, but more of like just the out, outgoing, loud, vocal guy. 
you know, I've mentioned this before on the show, talking to Alex Bars one time in the interview, and he's talking about, you know, Q wasn't just a leader because he would say what needed to be said, and he would get on guys when the guys need to be get on. Trust me, Quentin Nelson wasn't just sit back and be a quiet kind of guy. But the greatest leadership that they said Quint never showed was just by what he did. Yeah, he was going to work his butt off. He was going to. It was a Tuesday practice leading up for this game against some nobody team, and you were Q was bringing it, and I mean you that meant you had to bring it because he was setting the agenda, and you knew that if you are slacking and not getting on it, you didn't have to worry about Coach Eastan. You had to worry about Q first, then Coach Eastan, and he's like, you know, because if if that dude's bringing it. Well, you know you need to bring it, and I think those are some of those ways, and I think Benjamin Morrison is going to be more of that type of player where, you know, he's the leadership by he's he's working his butt off in a weight yeah. room. He's at, he's in, he's always going to class. He's getting good grades. He's doing the work. He's in the community, and then he goes out and dominates on Saturday, and there's a need because you can't have 85 vocal guys, right? Right, that doesn't work. That, yeah. Right, you can't have 85 guys that just do, you know, lead by example. You need that nice blend. Need them all. Absolutely. Right. That's right. And yeah. so um, I think that's the kind of leader we're going to see Brandon Morrison eventually become. Right now, I'm not worried about him being a leader. Just go play ball. You got you've got enough. You've got DJ man. Brown, go, Houston go Griffith. Yeah, you yeah. you got Houston Griffith back there. You got DJ Brown. You got Brandon Joseph. You've got Tariq yeah. Bracey. You've got Cam Hard. You've got Clarence Lewis. You got enough dudes that have the experience. Yeah. You have one job dominate. Play your game, focus on you, and do your job. And that's going to be the key for him. Absolutely. It's going to be to sit back and enjoy it. And it's like we were talking. I remember we had kind of this conversation, a similar conversation about Michael Mayer two years ago. It's like, hey, just sit back and enjoy it because you're probably only going to get three years of it. And it's going to be worth every second of your time. So just like you say, get your popcorn ready and enjoy the Benjamin Morrison show because it's going to be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Next super chat from John Monty. I saw that too. Thank you, John, for the super chat. Appreciate you. I saw that too. He never looks to the run. Come on, Drew Pine never looks at the running back coming out of the flat. It drives me nuts. He just doesn't look that way. You guys rock. Go Irish. Appreciate you, John. And hopefully he starts. You know, um, hopefully he starts. That's gonna. I mean, look. It, now's no 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 better time than now, right? Maybe you can steal 20, 30 yards against USC because you take a couple checkdowns because they're right. just not going to defend it. Most Why teams don't they? defend that route that way. They'll they'll defend it by having the hook curl guy, you know, hook curl, and then you know come downhill if they throw the swing. Most teams don't just run with a swing route because then that's fine. Yeah, run downhill the swing and watch me run curl flat at you all game long. You know what I mean? And, you know, that's what we'll do. I mean, I'm going to run curl option swing all game long and say have fun trying to defend it if you're going to fly a guy downhill to take away my swing route, you know, from a, ba- a check down swing route. But, yeah, you've got to hit that a couple times. You've got to make people respect that. Or if they don't respect you, just keep going to it. I mean, we saw right. Jack Cohn do this against uh, Oklahoma State last year, like early. Remember, like he just was like, nobody's open. He just threw a little swing past the Chris Tyree and he ran like 25 yards, like just like that, nothing. Cause there was nobody yep. there. He just took right. it and went with it. And I think that's going to be a big key as well. And then the last super chat from David Reeb. Thank you, David, very, very much. Thanks for all you, all your, your guys' hard work and for the barbecue at the Clemson tailgate. Go Irish. Well, that is more for my mom. Say, that's She's the one that's straight at Mama Driscoll. Yeah. That's right. I just show up and eat and talk, and I'm good at those two things. So she does <laughs> yeah. all the hard work. She does all the hard work, and uh, I appreciate you coming by and appreciate the kind words, and I'm glad that uh, glad we're able to meet and have some fun. So we'll have hopefully more of those next year. We'll have to see. It's just they're, they're a little bit more 
challenging to put together than uh, I think maybe some people realize when you consider all the other things we have going on. <laughs> I know, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we'll see how it goes. But anyway, now that's the end of the Boston College breakdown. So you know what that means, Vince. It's now officially, when we hit end of this show, it's officially right. Southern Cow Week. I so, can't wait. Yep. Cannot wait. Absolutely. It's the best week of the year. And this is the true rivalry. You can, you can, there's a lot of fake rivalries out there. There's a lot of trophies out there. Whatever, man. This is the rivalry. This is the one yeah. that I get fired and, up. And, and there is a trophy involved, but I can't there tell is. you what it is because I've never cared the, enough to know. I think it's the Jules Shillelagh. It, it doesn't matter. That means it doesn't matter to me. All that matters is beating Southern Cow, right? Like, that's enough. You know, like, enough, I don't even care about the trophy. You know, it's about you got to beat Southern Cow. And that's what I grew up on is, is just great. I mean, when I was coming into being a Notre Dame fan, it was late 80s, early 90s where, you know, those are always big games. I mean, it, you know, I mean, my first – I've talked about this before, Vince. You know this. But my first season of really remembering Notre Dame was the 88 season. I was 10 years old. Well, Notre Dame plays USC at the end of the season out in L.A. and it's number one versus number two. That was my first experience of Notre Dame versus USC was number one versus number two. Obviously, in Notre Dame, a game Notre Dame won. The next year, Notre Dame's number one and USC's number nine. If you remember that, that was the Todd Mar- no, Todd Marinovich's game. Rodney Pete was the quarterback in '88, and that was Todd Marinovich's freshman year. And a game where Notre Dame turned it over a bunch and still won the game against number nine USC. Not 1990, they go back out there. Notre Dame's number seven, USC's number 18. Notre Dame wins 10 to six. 1991, uh, Notre Dame is number five. USC was oh, is not ranked that year. 1992, Notre Dame is number five at USC, who's number 19. If you remember, that's a game where Reggie Brooks went off against USC. And then, of course, 1993, Notre Dame was number two. USC was not ranked that year. Uh, they weren't that great that year under John Robinson. Or, you know, But, hey, Notre Dame got it done. And that was an era of dominance from, from Coach Holtz. They tied the next year. Notre Dame was unranked in 1994, but USC was 17, and they tied 1995. Notre Dame was number 17. USC was number five. Notre Dame won. 38 to 10. Kind of similar to what we're seeing now. When you say events, like 17 Notre Dame. I like it. I take that one. I take it. Right. And then, uh, of course, 96, Notre Dame was number 10. USC was unranked. That was the first time Lou Holtz, first and only time Lou Holtz ever lost to USC was his last season. And then that began a stretch of games where USC and Notre Dame went back and forth a little bit. But it really was kind of what it really kicked off. USC's dominance over Notre Dame like you know Notre Dame won again in 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 99 uh, at home they went out to USC in in 2000 if you remember that game and and really smacked USC pretty good and then uh after that uh you had one more win in, in 2001 and then Ty shows up in 02 that also happened to be the 01 game also if you remember Vince uh do you remember what the 01 season was that was the beginning of the Pete Carroll dynasty. Oh, Bob yeah. Davey beat him that first year. So Bob Davey was 1-0 against Pete Carroll. The next year, Ty Willingham gets in his first year, and uh, USC kind of took off and won eight straight games. And then Brian Kelly broke that streak in 2010. And now Notre Dame's kind of – it was a little back and forth early on in Kelly's tenure. Notre Dame has dominated that stretch here in recent seasons, but obviously USC is a much better football team now. Than they were then, uh, in my and much more talented team then. And, and I'm not a huge Lincoln Riley guy. I think he's a little bit overrated as a head coach, but he's a very good, great offensive mind, and he's way better than Clay Hilton. There's no doubt about that. So this is going to be a, a fun, sure a fun week. Sure, every USC fan would agree with us.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. SB with a super chat before we get out of here. He says, uh, from feeling as bad since uh, Ty Willingham through halftime of Cal to feeling like the ship was righted to the debacle that was Stanford to raging enthusiasm about next Saturday Notre Dame is making me a manic. Hey, look, I get it. But, Mm -hmm. hey, you know what? That's what's so great about this game, right? It's just the emotion of it. But, I, you know, I I don't – I don't think that I, I don't know if I felt like the ship was righted against BYU because you could still see some of the you could still see like yeah this team can really finish, but I, I have to say that the the U, the Stanford loss to me Vince was as as dejected as I had been in a very long time, very long time watching Notre Dame play, and and even like you know because like Miami in, in 2017 was a really bad loss and Michigan in oh, 2019 yeah. was a pitiful loss and. But at least you kind of felt like those were good teams. But just it was just the weirdest game. Just sit up to like, I don't know what's happening right now. Like, I don't understand. Is it the fourth quarter already? Like, what is happening right now? It was the most bizarre game, bad team. And to see that team rebound the way they did were two weeks later, they are curb stomping the number five team in the country. I don't know if I've seen that before, you know, and – you were talking about the greatest thing that I can say about Marcus Freeman is when things got the lowest, whatever he did, it worked. Because this is what Notre Dame has exactly. done since then. 41 to 24 win, 41 to 24 win, 35 to 14 win, 35 to 32 win, 44 to nothing win. If I And if I'm reading Notre Dame's tweet correctly, I'm going to actually pull that up so I don't get it wrong. Because I thought this was a, a a wild tweet, so let me just pull this up. And uh, it's from it was from the Notre Dame PR tweet. So let me let me just make sure I get this correct, Vince. They tweeted this out after the game, and it was about here it is. At forty four points, Notre Dame reaches thirty five points for the fifth consecutive game, the first time the Irish have achieved that feat since nineteen forty three. Notre Dame has never scored 35 or more points in six consecutive games. So I want to point out something about that 1943 era being the the deal, right? 1943 happened to be uh, an an interesting time for Notre Dame because it was right before World War I. Notre Dame went 9-1 and that year. It was actually a year that Notre Dame won the national championship. And then, of course, the interesting thing is the next two years, Notre Dame, uh, Frank Leahy left. And uh, wasn't at Notre Dame the next two years because of the war. Notre Dame went eight and two and seven and two the next two years. And then when Frank Leahy returned in 1946, 
it began a stretch of the greatest stretch of football in Notre Dame history. From 1946 to 1949, you want to you hear this, Vince? This is an absolutely insane, insane statistic to me. So from 1946, beginning in 46, to 1949, Notre Dame went 36-0-2. They had a recruiting class that never lost a college football game. 36, it went 8-0-1, won a title in 46, 9-0 in 47, won a title, 9-0-1 in 1948 and finished number two. And they went 10-0 in 1949 and won a national championship. The only the in the the in 1948, the the blemish, the thing that kept them from a, a title was a tie at the end of the season to USC. And that's what makes this rivalry so great. The, both of these teams had a great deal of, of football success in their history events. But both teams would have a lot more success if they didn't play each other. Notre Dame would have – Arab Parsees would have at least one or two national champ, more championships if it wasn't for USC. USC would have some national championships if it wasn't for Notre Dame. And I think that's the thing that makes this a great rivalry is that. It's two programs steeped in great tradition that are polar opposites that for so many part, from so much of our lives, these games meant something. And I'm going to be honest. I, I always want Notre Dame to beat USC. USC is the one rival I don't root against because I want them to be good when they play Notre Dame because that's what makes this rivalry great. It's like we're Michigan. I want Michigan to be oh and whatever when Notre Dame plays them. I, I want them to lose every single game. What makes this rivalry great is when both of these teams are exactly what they are right now, which is two really darn good football teams. And we've only seen that once in the last 10 years, and that was 2017. My hope is that this weekend looks a lot like that 2017 game <laughs> in Notre Dame's favor, but we'll, uh, we'll have to see about that. We'll have to see about that. So anyway, Vince, that's going to do it for this show. Uh, that's Vince Dodaro, everybody, my guy, my football analyst. I'm Brian Driscoll. Vince just had his first undefeated pick'em uh, of the year. Vince went four zero this weekend because he picked. Uh, he was the only person of all the IB crew people that picked Oklahoma to beat Oklahoma State. And then Vince and I also both picked Oregon to win, and of course, everyone on staff picked Notre Dame and USC to win. So Vince four zero. So you uh, gained a little bit on Ryan and a little bit charging hard, charging hard. Yeah, I think you actually tied him for second because he went two yeah. and two. He picked Oklahoma yes. State and Utah. So We're coming down you to are, it too. You're tied for second. Yeah, Woo! tied for second. And you gained the game on me because I went three and one. I picked uh, Oklahoma State, so you gained the game on me as well. So well done, my friend. Well done. So every dog. Thanks finds everybody its for being with us. Like, subscribe, notifications, bell, bet board at boards.irishbreakdown.com. Five star reviews. We'd appreciate it. And more importantly, stay safe. Have a great night, and we'll see you again soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast. <laughs>
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.